Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's a blessing to be here on this stormy Tuesday day. Uh, you may hear some thunder in the background, but that's because it's raining and I almost spilled my water. But Brent is here. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm wonderful. You know, we're going to lean into it at the beginning, mix up. We're going to be in Psalm 23, 4. Ooh. So, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So we've got, the Lord's been good to give us lightning and thunder and rain in the background Mood that setting. folks might be able to hear. This is just the perfect <laughs> timing. But more importantly, we have Jesse and Rebecca Slagle with us today. They are not a part of the shadow of death. They no, are. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's true. That, that's not connected to the valley <laughs> yeah, that's of shadow right, of death. Yes. That's part of what makes us a good day. Yes, but y'all, thanks for being here and being willing to... Brave the weather and be here with us to share a little bit with yeah, us. Yeah, we're honored. Thanks for having us. Of Thank course. you. Yeah. So, uh, so again, you know, we we during this part of the 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 uh, podcast, we take a moment to just hear from some of our church members and allow the church to get to hear uh, some stories from people within our church, and it's always an encouragement to hear how the Lord has worked in our lives. And so, we do want to take just a moment, and, I, and Jesse, I'd love to start with you. Uh, if you would just share a little bit about how you came to know Christ. Um, and, uh, and then we'll move to, to Rebecca and hear from her. Yeah, sure. So, um, grew up in a Christian home and I think that's the, the important part there. I had a good godly heritage, godly foundation. So Christian parents, uh, pouring the gospel into us, you know, from the very beginning, Christian grandparents who prayed for their children and prayed for their grandchildren and Christian great-grandparents who prayed for their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren mm-hmm. and and even who would pray for those, you know, yet unborn. So, uh, very godly heritage, pouring all of that into us from the from the start. So, I would around five years old, I think, which is probably pretty common for that scenario. Um, I think I started to realize that there's, you know, maybe starting to understand uh, my role as a child and having to obey, and how things are better for me when I obey, <laughs> yeah. you know, authority. Um, <clears throat> I just remember, I, I think I was talking to my mom one night and, and uh, you know, asked Jesus into my heart as my Savior, you know, committed my life to Him and uh, to serving Him as much as a five-year-old can, can do that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of it is that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then several years later, maybe around nine years old, is when you kind of start to maybe understand a little more and realize what uh, maybe what... A lifetime commitment means or, or what m- more plays into this and so yeah i uh, took the step of, of baptism uh you know at the church we were attending and uh yeah obviously um as you continue to to grow as a child you learn more and more and then as you move into being a, quote unquote an adult uh, i think that realization kind of kicks in and then uh Becoming a parent, I think, is kind of the next step in the way uh, God uh, helps you realize His role, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's why He uses that analogy so so often of a yeah. mm-hmm. parent-child relationship. So, yeah, that's it, kind of in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's a perfect segue because you couldn't become a parent without the lady beside you. So, Rebecca, how in the world <laughs> did you tell us about how you grew up? Uh, when you came to Christ, and then tell us how you all met and ultimately got to Nacogdoches. Yeah, of course. Um, Well, I grew up in a single-parent home, and my mom, she did the best she could. We went to church when we were able to, and um, if we were out of town, it wasn't really a necessity for us to go, and so 
she never made it a staple growing up that um, it was just a background thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got time, we go to church. When you do, you dress up. Um, <laughs> we went to a Baptist church, and um, I learned a lot there, but I didn't really fully understand maybe until my teen years, you know, the gravity of life and death and um, what the Lord can offer us. Mm-hmm. So um, went to college and um, ultimately... Growing up with that background, I didn't go to church at all. Um, I take that back. On um, Wednesdays, they offered free lunch at the BSM. So I was there getting my free <laughs> lunch and listening to a service. But um, then I met Jesse my, I guess, end of my sophomore year of college. And that was in SFA here? No, no. I was actually home on break. So um, she, she was going to Trinity Valley Community College, finishing up her associate's. Then, yeah. I was finishing up my bachelor's at Letourneau. And uh, anyway, I'm from the Longview, Hallsville area. So when I was home on break, I guess that's a segue into that too. <laughs> I met Jesse um, playing Frisbee. So <laughs> we played Ultimate Frisbee, a group of alumni from my high school, met with some of the um, folks from Letourneau on Sunday night and we met playing Frisbee. So, so it was the athleticism of Jesse that caught your eye, you're saying? <laughs> he was the fastest one. Wow. <laughs> when you're small, you have to learn to run fast. It paid off. <laughs> yeah. Well done. But um, anyway, after that, I we went on a few dates after talking on online mostly since we weren't really close to either one of each other. So um, on, let's see, maybe about four months in, I went to Oklahoma with him to meet his family, and they live in a tight-knit bubble and um, all Christian faith and everything you could ever want for for your family, and um, they just really set a good example and kind of, I guess, lit a fire under me to do better. So, <laughs> um, so I learned a lot since meeting Jesse's family. I feel like I've had a lot of growth since that time. So in the last 12 years, it's been a lot different than the first, you know, 20 so yeah. yeah, and you'd already given your life to Christ. Yes, and I had. I had. And, and I was baptized when I was, uh, I want to say, twelve. So yeah. I knew that God was always there, um, and it was there was never a question. And um, my grandparents, you know, taught Sunday school, and um, we prayed for every meal, and <laughs> prayed when times were hard, and it just mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't as in depth as it is for us now. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that change. Hmm. That's right. So when did you all get married? Uh, when? 2011. 2011. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, Just 10 years ago. Good. Jesse was completely calm as a cucumber when I asked that question. I, I did not ask that question anymore. That could put somebody in a bad spot. I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah. He knew oh, it. I want to do it again. Wasn't worried at all. <laughs> good. And the Lord has blessed you all. You have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so how... Uh, one of the things that you said, Jesse, is that when you, knowing that the analogies that come out so often of being a parent and seeing components in your child uh, has <clears throat> maybe helped you appreciate some of the analogies in scripture. Can you all tell us a little bit about that, having two young kids pretty close together uh, the way that you do now? Yeah, I think for me, it's when it, you you see them doing something that even if it's not wrong, it's not the best thing for them. Mm. And as a parent, you have this clear picture of this is the best thing for you. Mm. And you'll tell them that, hey, do this, do ABC. And they'll do something completely different, you know, off the wall. <laughs> and, and again, even if it's not disobedience, 
if it's just them trying to uh, to do it their own way, and you see, you can see the result that's coming. Uh, they're going to get hurt, right? They're going to fall off the swing or fall off their bike. Whatever the situation is, you know what's best for them. You see the result of their choices, but you let them make that choice uh, and, and hope that they learn from it. Uh, so that's something that I never, you know, until I became a parent, that that didn't really sink in quite as much for me. But man, you see these kids and you you have you have authority over them. They're, they've been given to you. Um, and you know what's best for them most of the time, uh, and you tell them that, and then do your best to get them to go along with it, right? Do your best mm-hmm. to instill in them that they can trust you uh, for provision and for knowing, you know, the best plan for their life at that point. So then I look at that, and I'm like, well, that's just the same. I mean, that's no different between me and God, and, and how often am I just like a little child, mm. you know? hearing what I'm supposed to do and thinking, no, I, I know a better idea. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's just been that, that picture has just been you know, so much more uh, vivid for me uh, since, since we started a family. For me, it's been the grace aspect. Um, just trying to balance, you know, how harshly should you discipline them? And mm. um, what does that look like different? I mean, my childhood, my parents were, were very strict. So, um, I was perfect. So I didn't really ever have yeah, to. That's do incredible. It. We're going to ask you about that. <laughs> Y'all should. <laughs> I believe a couple of our children might take after him. <laughs> All two only, of them. We only have two. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, providing grace when, uh, I know that like Jesse said, they, they tend to do things their own way. And, um, our oldest, especially she, likes to, she knows what's right and she will do the right thing, even if it's not exactly what you told her to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's one of those, she likes to push her limits, which as Christians, we all do, right? We mm-hmm. know how God wants us to do it and still there's an okay way to do it. So we might do it that way mm-hmm. just to get by. Yeah. Anyway. So in those instances, how do you guide? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's one of the I think it's one of the privileges of being, as you said, foundational, being a part of a church community is we get a, not so much we simply get to empathize, but we get to encourage each other to keep on mm-hmm. exactly. sowing in the word and, mm-hmm. and keep on, you know, don't give up and, and uh, keep pursuing each other as parents. That's the great, greatest blessing for our kids, right? Is pursuing the Lord together as parents. And then our kids see that, that model as we age mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and as they continue to get older, get more freedom, make more bad decisions. And, that impact them. <laughs> and then the, yet you have the steadfastness of, of mom and dad that are pursuing the Lord and doing the hard things. Well, uh, you know, I met you all about two years ago. I saw you in the back of a service and why don't you tell us about that, uh, <laughs> that experience. You should start from the beginning. Well, so we were late like we normally are. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, that was actually our first First or maybe second, I'm not sure. Pretty close. Yeah. First or second Sunday back to Grace, right? There had been a little uh, turmoil, mm-hmm. um, and we weren't sure what to do. And so, what was it? Maybe a year and a half or so. Left Grace. Uh, didn't really feel like we had a good understanding of what the turmoil was was caused by. Uh, didn't feel like we had a dog in the fight, yeah. maybe, uh, but didn't know what to do ultimately. So it was kind of like a two years of, of turmoil, not knowing, not, not feeling, uh, like we were 
doing the wrong thing, but not feeling like we're doing the right thing, right. just unsure. And so, uh, you know, God bless Rebecca had said multiple times, you know, we need to, we, we need to go back and see how grace is now that things have settled down. And mm. it had always been kind of our plan. Like, Hey, once grace gets a, a lead pastor back in place and they're established, we'll go back and see and try to understand more. And so, uh, yeah, I guess maybe you guys have been around for six months or so at mm -hmm. that point. So we show up late. Uh, <laughs> and then I think it was probably that afternoon you messaged me on Facebook like, Hey, saw you at the service. I think it I, sounds about right. I, I think I accused you, you of stalking That's and true. said it was creepy. And, uh, <laughs> and Rebecca was reprimanding me saying, you can't say things like that. So, uh, I yeah, to explain to him, you know, people don't always understand your humor if they don't know you. <laughs> but I just sensed it. I sensed it as you sitting in the back over there. I just felt like this guy coming in late uh, wants me to you be knew. able to uh, harass him. And I feel like he's going to have a good sense of humor. And then when you sent back, I got to be honest, it's a little creepy. That's right. That's what I thought, <laughs> this guy is of my own flesh. This yes. is a good thing. We can appreciate dad jokes on the same level. That's right? exactly so. it. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We, uh, you know, that I remember sitting actually in this room and, uh, and we're sitting in the room in our church office here conference room. And I remember asking that, who, who was that couple and being able to identify and, and, uh, with appropriate sleuthing was able to find out who you, who you, who you all were that, uh, somebody came up with your name and, and, you know, one of my experiences, uh, in my prior context of Missouri, love that church family and, and love growing, being born and raised there was we had a, on any given year, a 40% transient rate. Oh, so wow. town counting the military base, pretty similar size to Nacogdoches. But I mean, just imagine, you know, from a residence and a lot of those were, some of those were students and a lot of those then were also moving to Kansas city or a lot were military that were getting orders somewhere else. And so if we, if you weren't intentional to pursue somebody on the front end, you only had them in your town for two or three years Max, a lot of them. Sure, that made us really developed within Sarah uh, and myself a, a desire to pursue people hard on the front end. Yeah, and and that's been a that's been a fruited ministry. One of the sweet things of living in Nacogdoches is we're not like we don't have this fear of uh oh it's it's March people are going to start getting orders mm -hmm. and we're going to lose you know <laughs> several dozen folks are going to be get sent out somewhere else. Uh, but I know a part of that I'm always fearful. I'm not going to come on. Am I going to freak people out if I? come on too strong, but I've just decided I've resolved with, it's okay if I do, uh, absolutely get, I mean, get, get to know people and pursue people. And that, that's, that's been a fun thing. So I love your response to that. Cause I think what you think is probably <laughs> what a lot of people probably think of, uh, this guy seems a little forward here. Uh, I, I just, I was like, I probably blamed Rebecca. Like you made us late to church and then he saw us and, <laughs> <laughs> and it ended up being great. Like, I think, I think we went out to lunch maybe yeah, the next week yeah, or right, so. That's and, right. Went to Chili's. We did. Right. We spent yeah. a good yeah. two hours talking. That was fun. In Nacogdoches. That's I right. drank so much water. <laughs> but I think, I think, you know, if it were to go the opposite direction, you know, if, if we didn't take, you know, and I, and I, you know, hopefully I've seen, I've seen people within our church kind of, uh, kind of pick up on this like idea of, you know, people that have even been scooped up kind of like you guys were, were you know, like mm -hmm. we, we want to notice you, we want to come after you and, uh, not in the, not hopefully not in the too creepy way, but, but, uh, we don't want anyone to go unnoticed. Right. Um, and to kind of see people that have been a part of being noticed now noticing others and, and doing that has been 
really uh, encouraging and hearing people that are in these membership classes, you know, that we've been having saying, yeah, well, people just scooped us right up. They immediately noticed us. They immediately came after us. And yeah, at first it's a little bit like, I kind of wanted to blend in. And it wasn't, you know, I was kind of giving them a hard time. No, I know. It wasn't super creepy, but it's, yeah, yeah, I, I I mean, I'm just going to say you guys are doing that the right way. Um, Absolutely. I mean, we were able to hear you preach and then shortly after that, uh, get to know you on a little more personal level, uh, which you just build that connection so quick that way. Um, and, and what a way to, uh, to help a, a church, body flourish i mean yeah yeah, people are people are worth pursuit absolutely people are are worth their names i I try to be really intentional on names and uh i don't don't want to take this podcast a different direction but i think it is an appropriate spot so i I did a funeral one of my first funerals i ever did was for somebody uh i think i was maybe 19 20 um and uh you know i didn't know the person at all i was kind of a i was like the pinch hitter uh that got put in in a situation and I remember not knowing them at all, and it, but it was somebody that I probably, even though I was young, maybe late teens, early twenties, that I could have probably known if with a little more effort. And you know that feeling of, uh, you know, you don't you don't preach those settings as though you knew them. You know, oh, we go way back. Uh, you know, you you just preach the gospel and you and you give comfort and and from the word of God and you try to minister to the family appropriately. You don't overstate things, you, and you don't understate them. You point them to the scripture. But I knew the importance of that was just ingrained in my heart and my mind to know people. They're worth knowing their names, uh, and it takes effort. And uh, but it's it's worth it to know people's names, and then to, to actually know people. That family, I'm talking word worship service family. That family would never be a tagline. That family very literally would be what we would strive for. And so just like I would want to get to know somebody, you know, uh, if my son was an adult and came to church, I would want to get to know him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a weird way to phrase that, different way to phrase that. But if that was a family member I hadn't met for some time, I would want to go and pursue them and get to know them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what the gospel does in our life. It yeah, reshapes sure. how we, how we pursue people, know people. And you all have gotten connected in so well, uh, kind of two things I'd be interested to hear from you is what are some of the thoughts maybe that went by, uh, in your mind, in your coming back, uh, to Grace Bible, like were you? Did you have anxiety of coming back? Did you have? Uh, I mean, what were your? What was kind of going through your mind? I know that was a while, a long time ago, but it was a strange. It was a. It was an interesting time in our life where we were we were traveling a lot. We were gone, which is difficult. If you're away on the weekend, you might go to your to your family's church or to your childhood church, but you're not at your church, yeah. right? And so that actually, I think, played into it. Is we were gone a lot, and you you combine that with sort of a weird situation anyway, uh-huh. and yeah, it was this. Uh, yeah. So when you when you decided, kind of when you hit that spot, and you said earlier, Jesse, that you you knew, okay, when when Grace kind of forms, a, we can we can see the vision of what where Grace Bible wants to go. You know, kind of where they are and where they desire to go. What were kind of maybe the Sunday before you you came back. Like, did you have, you said you well, phrased we it had, as excitement. Of yes, that, yes. But, yeah. So we had come back a couple of times and listened to the speakers here. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had B- several before, guest speakers right, in the right. two the years. The elders would talk. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, and they had interim preachers. Um, mm-hmm. I think a man came from Center. And um, anyway, he'd come in and he'd spoken a few times and then the elders would come and they would do sermons. And yeah. um, so there was never a Sunday that there wasn't a speaker, just nothing specific. Yeah. So, um we decided we weren't going to put our membership anywhere until we knew for sure what was happening and right. if we felt like it was the right fit for our family. Mm-hmm. So um, 
after we came and heard you, um, when we heard that Grace had finally hired on a full-time pastor, we were like, yes. So um, The Sunday before, kind of the things, and because of, you know, leaving home and going to college and then from college to, you know, a different state and then from there to, so kind of in my, just my experience up to that point, I had a couple things that were uh, important in finding a church because I'd, I'd had to do that a number of times just right. from just from moving around. So, um, you know, number one um, is <laughs> it's strange to say this, but I wanted to find a church that preached from the Bible, mm-hmm. right? And it's amazing, um, it, like in college or in you know my early time in the you know workforce, finding churches that I realized I wouldn't even have to take my Bible to church. Right, because there was hardly any reference to it. So, um, you know, that's that's step one, obviously. And again, it's weird to even have to say that, but uh, preach from the Bible. Um, I've always appreciated expository teaching because it it sort of forces you to cover everything. Right, mm-hmm. you can't skip over the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's that was really number number one, or the only. My list had one thing. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's make sure that. The direction of grace um, is solid biblical teaching. And if that's in place, the other things will kind of shake out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which we can see in the structure of the service mm-hmm. that you mentioned before. You can see in the structure of the small group and how much importance is is placed on that. So um, I've never been one to be like, well, the music has to be a certain way or, you know, or I'm not going. And, and that's tough. Yeah. That'd be tough for me. I grew, I grew up Mennonite. Uh, so a lot of old hymns and it was a big deal to get a piano in the church mm-hmm. and I still love the old hymns, but you just don't find that very much anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, that'd be like a horrible qualifier for me to go out and try to find a church. Right. Um, but I appreciate good music. Biblical. I didn't say not good. I just said, I'm, I'm not, not taking any offense to anything. Yeah, you said. I just said that I'm not looking for, you know, a style or a, you know, a certain order of worship. Yeah. I want to make sure that the, the leadership, you know, the is preaching from the Bible has a solid foundation because yeah. again, everything else trickles out from there. I know that I can trust uh, the teaching uh, in Sunday school that my children are going to receive mm-hmm. and, and all of that. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. my one thing list uh, was kind of confirmed pretty early. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wasn't nervous. Uh, I'm pretty skeptical, which you may have realized pretty quick, uh, or cynical maybe even. So it's sort of like, we'll see if, we'll see if this guy knows what he's talking about. (laughs) He does. So we'll come back and try We'll come back. Yeah. 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 That's great. You know, one of the, you mentioned small group a little bit ago. Uh, tell us, so you're in the, uh, Blunt's Ramp small group on Sunday nights. And y'all have hosted before as well. It's a multi-generational group, so we have folks of all ages. Can you give us uh, give us your insights on what that's been like, a small group? One of the things that we're finding is, we're hopeful, is that as COVID dissipates, that people that are not in a small group will consider planting roots this fall and get involved in a small sure. group. Um, so would you tell us about your experience in, in, the, in the small group that you're in on Sunday nights? Sure. Do you, do you want to start and let me interrupt you, or do you want me to start? <laughs> I mean, it's your choice. You go first. Okay. All right. Cool. I just want to get that out of the way. So, yeah. Again, you know, God bless Rebecca for uh, suggesting small groups in the first place. Because I'm again like, ah, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna like the people that are in the small group. And she said, look, let's. You know, we we've been coming to church here uh, for. I think we've been back for maybe six. I don't know, nine months. I guess it was. It was in the fall. 
of that year. Um, let's join a small group. So we signed up and uh, said, you know, Sunday evenings would work best. And Brent, I think you reached out and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to pull you into our group. And um, so, yeah, we, we showed up the, the first day and, and already had some, some common connections, which was a, a, a fun coincidence. But uh, the multi-generational aspect of it is just phenomenal to me. Um, we, there's a number of couples in our situation, right? Young, young families, young kids. Uh, we've got some, and I say they're, you know, they seem fresh out of college, right? Young, young kids, uh, unmarried, uh, and all the way up to, um, you know, a couple in their late sixties or seventies. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I so much appreciate the, um, just the different life experience, uh, and how that might, um, impact someone's thoughts on whatever passage we're studying. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, the, the couple in their seventies versus the fresh out of college, mm-hmm. um, a it's, it's, we can look back on part of that and then we can kind of look forward to what right. may be coming. Uh, and the, the amount of, uh, knowledge you can learn from somebody who's, you know, 10 years down the road from you, 20 mm-hmm. years, 30 years is just fantastic. And then the hope is that you can kind of help impart that to those that are younger than you. So yeah, it's been, again, thank, you know, thankful for Rebecca for kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone and, and saying, let's get involved. And, and the small group has just been phenomenal. You know, that's. Yeah. Uh, I've been grateful for, um, community cause, uh, with, you know, having been gone for those two years, coming back and kind of jumping right in and meeting the families on a more personal level here um, gives you somebody to help raise your kids with and um, mm-hmm. know that they're going to be surrounded by people that will lead them a godly, help them lead a godly life um, mm-hmm. like you want them to have. And, you know, there's so many couples in our group that are in the same life stage as us, in addition to the ones that are younger and older. Mm-hmm. And so um, you, it, it's helpful to kind of see how they how they manage their children, how they help them grow and kind of take that and apply that to our own lives. So, uh, plus, um, I mean, it's always good to be surrounded by church family wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Lots of good eating and, uh, lots, lots of, of laughs. good eating. Lots of good laughs. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a pool too. I mean, can't go wrong with That's a pool true. usually. <laughs> we, we, we can't promise every small group will have a pool, uh, but ours happens to disclaimer, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this Sunday, uh, we're on our second, two, part two of three. Part two of three. Uh, in Psalm 23. You see how that, that's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, and so we're just talking about verse four. So we, we prefaced it a little bit ago, the shadow of death and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. We, we're familiar with this verse. Um, so what are we, where are we, where are we going this Sunday? Yeah. So we're going to note the, the role of the shepherd in David's ability <clears throat> to be in this, to be led in the path of righteousness, which immediately we see is in the, the darkest of shadows. And one of the things that Jesse and Rebecca pointed out is when you're involved in a multi-generational group, you do get to get an insight to what are the greatest burdens perhaps that are awaiting all of us down the line. And we also get a reminder of some of the darkest valleys that we experienced as young adults that we maybe we've long forgot about that the Lord has, has shepherded us through. Uh, and one of the big components that we're going to look at this Sunday is not simply the components of the rod and the staff, but it is the skilled competency of the shepherd. It's the closeness that he is near to his sheep in the context of the fearful times. 
but it is the the competency, the skill set of the shepherd uh, that that brings David great peace. And that's a call that we have as believers and disciple makers is to continually to love each other, to be gracious to each other, uh, but to nurture and minister the word to each other that brings our minds back on the great shepherd in each of our darker situations. Because the Lord is, when we talk about the Lord shepherding us and, and, and working good in our lives, that is shaping us into the image of Christ. That's drawing us near to the shepherd. Uh, and that's a, that's a reminder that we get to see a legacy of people being faithfully uh, people being faithful and trusting because the shepherd, indeed, he is near. Yeah. We'll also be doing a baby dedication, parent commitment, church commitment. It's kind of a, we've kind of struggled with the name of this thing because it right. is, it is a, we're, we're asking for the Lord's blessing on these children. We're also committing as parents to, uh, we're, we're dedicating our lives to discipling these, these kiddos. And then as a church, we're also committing to uh, walk alongside these families to commit to praying and supporting these families. So it is a, an all, we're all participating in that. So we'll be doing that this Sunday uh, as well in both of our services. And, um, and, and it is important as we're going into verse four to, to remember that uh, not all of uh, the Christian experience is, is roses, right? Like it, it is, it is difficult. There are, there are times of life that are, that are, that are hard. And so as a church, as we gather in all seasons of our lives, as we've seen in multi, multi-generational groups and, and multiple uh, stages of life, we just, you know, we, this past Sunday, we saw, you know, college students that are transitioning, high school students that are transitioning. We're, we're all experiencing different parts of life, but we get to center on the gospel uh, as we worship together this Sunday to be reminded and refocused and, and helped and aided in, uh, in that. So Slagles, thank you for being here with us and sharing with us. Uh, it's been a joy to hear your story and to be able to share this time with you. So thanks again for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks so thank much. Thank you so much. Yep, and church, we'll see you this Sunday. Looking forward to it. See you then.